Welcome to Coffee with Ken, with your host, Ken Balser. Well, this is Coffee with Ken. I'm your host, Ken Balsley. We're at Forza Coffee Company out on uh, Marvin Road out in, out in Lacey. And my guest today is uh, Joe Donning, who is a member of the Port of Olympia, the Port of Olympia Commissioner. And I haven't had you on in a long time. That's right, Ken. Uh, but uh, so I, being as how I've been through this before, I only had a small amount of trepidation. Because <laughs> I did have you on when you were running for office. Yes. Do you remember what we talked about? Uh, I think we talked about all the pressing issues of the day, the things facing the port, and uh, it'll be interesting to talk about those same issues or some of the new issues, some of the things that uh, happened that uh, I probably didn't expect to happen. I was going to ask you, now you've been on the port a little over a year, right? Yes. So what what is it like now that you're on? I mean, what what has happened? What didn't you expect, I guess? Uh, well, Jared, tell me what you did expect. Well, first of all, uh, I can only say, uh, first of all, thank you for having me on again. It's good to see you again, Ken. And I uh, also want to, you know, shout out to all the great people that work for the port. Um, it's a great organization. I mean, I think that's a good place to start. People are very committed to their work. Um, you know, they're, they're some sense project-driven, but also uh, trying to do the best they can for uh, their customers and uh, the vendors that interact with the port. So it's a great organization. I'm proud and excited to be a part of the Port Commission. Um, you asked me what are some of the perhaps surprises of this year. Yeah. And no, no, I, no. I, no, what surprised you about being an elected official, number one, oh. and number two, being on the port. Okay. We're not talking about the issues yet. We'll talk about okay, them a little Okay, we'll later. get into the issues. Okay. The, being an elected uh, official. Being an elected official. Because you've never been elected official before. That's correct. It's... Uh, you know, it's very humbling and it's very rewarding at the same time. Um, it's very humbling because people put their trust in me, and so they trust me to make good decisions and also to represent them in this organization called Port of Olympia. Um, it's very, uh, you know, humbling also because you interact with so many other elected officials and you realize that as a group or as a body or as a loose-knit community, we're basically uh, helping to guide the county and the county and the cities through day-to-day -day life. And so, you know, it's great to be part of that organization, and I really have learned a lot more than I thought that I would in this position. And you're also probably a member of some regional boards and commissions, right? You represent the port on some regional boards? Yes, yes, and a lot of people and don't. And those that, that you do? Yeah, so uh, those assignments uh, uh, sometimes change a little bit year to year, so I'll just tell you what I'm newly elected towards. Uh, okay. I represent the port on the Thurston uh on the TRPC, Thurston Regional Planning Council. Um, I represent the port in my second year out of the Visitors Convention Bureau. Okay. I have a, a soft spot for, you know, building tourism and, and visitation towards uh, Thurston County. So I enjoy that assignment. Uh, TRPC, I'm pretty brand new on that. I also uh, represent the port with the Tenino uh, Chamber of Commerce. And so, you know, make the trip down to Tenino to interface with those folks and, and learn about some of the great things going on in South County. And then, of course, I have, uh, I think my first meeting's tomorrow, the Solid Waste uh, Advisory okay. Council, which, uh, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of trash talk in that, in that meeting, so. <laughs> yeah, trash talk. Yeah, I got it. It took me a minute. <laughs> so that's, that's in the area there where you rep work with other elected officials around, around the county. Correct. But you say so you have an opportunity to interact with other right. elected officials. Exactly. Because, you know, you, 
they're on divisional boards, and, and right. that's where, where you interact with them. Do, do you say that as an elected official, you've you're had to stifle your public opinion, your personal opinion? Okay, could you repeat that question? As an elected official, have you had to stifle your personal opinions? I mean, oh, I, I would I'm say. I'm assuming not on Facebook or anything like that. But, right. Um, but, if, but, you know, even in public well, conversation. That's a good point. That's a good question. People. And I'll let people know that, uh, that you do, as an elected official, if anybody out there is interested in running for office, it does, it does change your view, uh, you know, of your personal conduct. In other mm -hmm. words, the fact that there is overlap, a great deal of overlap between your uh, public life and your private life. And so, therefore, when you're out in public, whether or not you're uh, going to Fred Meyer or whether or not you're going to some commission meeting or whatever, you have a certain standard of conduct. And so, you know, it does change, change that. And I will say that, you know, some other elected officials perhaps uh, use Facebook, for example, as a, a tool to express themselves. You know, I try to be pretty guarded in, 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 in my political opinions uh, just because I realize that unless it's directly related to the port, um, you know, I'm alienating half the audience, perhaps. And so, so you know, that, I, that's an own, that's the own personal one that you do yourself. I mean, that right. you would do yourself. Right. But as an elected official, you have people res have a greater respect for what you say or your words carry more weight because you're an elected official. Okay. Right. Right. And well, so consequently, you have to be careful about what you say to people. Right. Well, they didn't, they I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I can tell you right now, I mean, uh, it's only a small part of holding back. In other words, uh, if I'm representing the port or I'm a port commissioner, then I'm going to uh, state my opinion about things perhaps, but I won't misrepresent the port because I'm only one third of the commission. Um, and, and then on those other political issues where, you know, I probably don't have a lot of standing, then I'll stay out of those. Um, I'm trying to give an example well, of well, that. Let me, let me ask you a, a, a question that probably happened. You're sitting around with a bunch of your friends. You've had dinner. You're drinking wine, and you're talking, and subject comes up, and you have some comment that you make about the protesters or about, or about the warehouser or about something like that. You have to be quiet, and you have to be careful, don't you? Or so, do you? Yeah. Um, you know, there's a... Uh, now you're talking you know, about family and friends now, but... Well, I know, but you're... Uh, I'm pretty transparent in terms of the things that I care about and the things that, okay. that I feel. Okay, so um, if, you've and, had, if and, you've had a public stand on it, then, that, then you will talk about that in private. Right, I mean, if it comes up in conversation, I'll reiterate my position on it. <laughs> and, and a lot of people do ask me my position I'm on sure individual port sure issues as right. I go, you know, right. walking across the parking lot and run into a friend. They might stop yeah. me and ask me or whatever. And hey, so I heard I, about that thing that night to council meeting. Right. yeah. And so I feel like I need to be, uh, you know, upfront at all times, you know, on my position. It's a difference between being upfront about it when you're asked about it and actually pushing your agenda in whatever way. So people won't see me pushing my port agenda, for example, on Facebook. You know, I just don't don't think that that's the real and, meaning of Facebook. And, but you wouldn't make comments on areas that don't concern you and other political issues. You wouldn't make president on comments about the president or about the governor or anything like that? Well, only to, I mean, I, I have to admit that, uh, that, uh, that this past election was such a shock, I may have weighed in on it <laughs> once or twice, even from the podium. So, you know, uh, slap my hand for that, but, you know, 
I think people So you don't give up your right to be a, ci- a private citizen when Correct. you're a public official. Right? I mean, is that what you're saying? Uh, well, uh, funny you should use that phrase, private citizen, because, I mean, I do believe that, you know, once you're a port commissioner, you're, you're a port commissioner 24-7. You can't go to a, any kind of group uh, that stands for something mm-hmm. and, and say to yourself, say to the audience, you know, I'm J- private citizen Joe Downing. I'm not right. It doesn't work, Joe does it? Yeah, it doesn't work that it, way. So you're not a private citizen then? Um, you know, you pretty much, as I say, in the confines of your own home with the doors closed and your own, uh, you know, really close friends, maybe you're a private citizen. But other than that, you know. So is that something that you've learned is it, or is that something you always suspected? Have you learned that since you became an elected official? Or well, to be you know? honest with you, that issue came up at the port. And huh. so, you know, that's why, you know, you just you said two words that, that triggered something in my brain, which is private citizen. And we had a situation last year where a commissioner wanted to be a private citizen. Right. But it I, was related to port business. I even. remember when so, she said that, too. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, yeah. I just uh, had a hard time with that. Yeah, I remember that. No, I, that specifically, yeah. yeah. So what else have you learned since you've gotten on the, on the port commission? Well, I, I certainly have learned uh, less talking is more. Oh, all right. So in other words, Unless you say don't that- feel like you need to chime in. On every topic, uh, you know, if if that position has been said, you don't need to repeat it. Um, ultimately, when things come to a vote, people know how you feel about something. And what my style, I think, is gravitating towards is is having a discussion about the merits or demerits of a particular issue. And then just before, let's say we're going to have a vote, I would try to summarize in three or four sentences, you know, why I'm about to vote the way I vote. So, so now that you've been on there for a year, what have what have you felt like has been your greatest accomplishment in a year? And you're one of three. I understand that. Okay, we had. Uh, I'm, I'm my biggest uh, accomplishment is is putting in the uh, fuel dock at uh, Swantown Marina. So right. that's number one. And that was early in the year, and that's the culmination of a, an eight-year effort. I was going to say, that had started before you came on. Right, that had started before I came on, and so, you know, was happy to get that to happen. But that how, was... How has that worked out? Is, is it built? And it is uh, a good 50% built, okay. and so I think they're expected to open in the uh, April time frame. <laughs> April time frame. Um, the tanks are in the ground covered up so we have underground tanks for the diesel and the gas <clears throat> and the other things are coming into place and so it's a it's a it's a big deal could you but tell i've me, had nothing but positive comments from folks that i've talked to can and, you tell me what the concern was about that fuel dock okay the concern, was it environmental or was it financial or what was it uh i'd say it was primarily uh, financial with some concern about congestion of a fuel dock uh you know the the Swantown Marina does have somewhat of a narrow opening right, at the yeah. mouth, even though it's a large marina. So that narrow opening, you can see a lot of traffic in there. And, and we are, in some sense, adding to that traffic because you're going to have people from other marinas, people from out of town, coming over to Swantown to fuel up. So that's, that's a concern that we want to stay on top of and make sure that that, especially staying out of the way of kayakers, rowboats, other sure, small watercraft. Sure, sure. Um, you know, so that was one concern. But the bigger concern was financial is that, you know, the taxpayers or a group of folks felt like, is that really going to make money? You know, we've seen fuel docks come and go. Is that really going to make money? And I'm assuming and, you think it will. 
and I believe it will. I believe it will, and I also believe that, um, uh, number one, I believe it will. Number two, it fills out the, the suite of uh, activities that a marina should offer, a nice, a good marina. And so this rounds things out. We'll have pump-out station. We've got a fuel dock. We've got, you know, water. We've got all the services that uh, visiting guest docks and so forth. So we've got all those services, and then we've got a beautiful city right next to the marina. So Let's just remind people, though, you are a member of the Olympia Yacht Club, right? Yes, I am. And you've had, have you had held leadership positions there? Um, I, you know, like what, actually, commodore or something like no, that. no. My wife was, uh, went through, uh, being a rear commodore, vice commodore, and commodore. So that was a three-year assignment. Gotcha. And uh, my wife had that uh, elected position, but, uh, but I did not. And, uh, but we are members. We're sailboaters. We'll get out on the water. <laughs> you know, I, I consider ourselves fairly outdoorsy people, and we enjoy the outdoors and all the beauty that the Puget well, now, Sound. Now, now that, the Yaka is a special interest group. I mean, it, you know, it wants to keep the sound clean. It wants, you know, to have access to, to the water and, and you know, and, and to the fuel, but but had, have we ever had anybody from the yacht club as a port commissioner in, that you remember? I can't remember anybody that's been. That's maybe Ray Dinford. Well, I don't want to speak out of line, and and I don't know. I'm guessing that I'm guessing that uh, I know uh, former commissioner Bob Van Schurl is. Oh, that's uh, right, Van you know, that's right. Van uh, Schurl was. Yeah. He's currently a yacht club member, but I don't know if he's a yacht yeah. club member when yeah. he was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Port commissioner. And the reason I brought that up is because what happens at the at the port impacts the Olympia Yacht Club. I mean, shipping, dredging, uh, environmental spills, any of those kind of things would, would impact the yacht. Taking out the dam would you know at the Capital Lake would impact. Right. I would say that the that's a good good point that you raise. Uh, there's various groups that are concerned about. Capital Lake and concerned about the dam. Just like there's various groups. There's various groups that want to see it return to an estuary. There's various groups working towards preserving and cleaning up Capital Lake. Uh, as a port commissioner, you know, I feel like, you know, the lake is more favorable to the port because it's a contained area where we can dredge periodically and, and we, it does not spread out all over uh, Bud Inlet and does not make the waters less navigable because uh, ports have to be concerned about. So you're saying that. it's more it acts like a retention pond. Yes, it keeps silt out of the harbor. Yes, yes, uh-huh. uh huh. And I'm also told that uh, you know net net it absorbs nitrates. You know how your fertilizer and things like that get into right. rivers and they come down the river towards the ocean. Well, that performs uh, a function in terms of absorbing more nitrates than actually it, it go out into yeah. the harbor. Right. So I so I asked you accomplishments this past year, and you said the fuel dock. Right. Do you have any others that you? Well, sure. Um, two other big accomplishments. One is that we uh, agreed to repurpose eight buildings in Tumwater. So we have a little complex yeah. of buildings that we're agreeing to. You know, and so far this year, we've redone all the landscaping, put in new parking lots and sidewalks, and we're slowly leasing up those buildings. You were going to have your meetings out there at one time. What happened? Oh, well, we did have our meetings out there until, <laughs> and we did have our meetings out there. Um, and then we uh, brought them to downtown Olympia where we had uh, new offices. So that happened just before I got elected where the port moved into its new, new digs, if you will, right down there on Columbia Street. Uh, the other big, big, uh, and I'm always happy with a 3-0 vote, on a project, and the three zero vote was um, for the Lacey acquisition, and so we're in the middle of acquiring 
three buildings in Lacey, um, all on a, off of Willamette Drive, and it's a up and coming. Not far from here. Not far from here, and it's an up and coming area. That's right, just just north yeah. of here, and and that area is just booming, and it's going to be it's going to allow us to uh, show folks that we're in, interested in Lacey too, because Lacey of course, supports the port, and we're interested in Lacey. We're helping to do economic development there, and we might, you know, foster incubator businesses or whatnot in some of those, uh, some of that, a portion of that property as well. So that's a couple more of the things that we've accomplished. Lease uh, land management is a big deal for the port. Land management and and helping lessees get their businesses started and locate on port property, that's a big deal. What's been your biggest frustration for this year? You know, I, I would like to just say to the public that I uh, uh, misjudged the uh, amount of resistance to uh, military shipments, and, you know, I misjudged that. And so while I was in favor of it, you know, I really f- feel like... Uh, Did you, you know, misjudge it, just misjudge it, or you didn't know about it? Oh, I knew about it. I knew that we had uh, uh, protests, significant protests, nine, ten years ago, and... I mean, I naively assumed that, you know, that time had passed and people were feeling differently. Part of it was we didn't have, you know, the major wars like the Iraq war we had going on right. and so forth. Yeah. So I feel like things had changed, but evidently not. And so, um, you know, that one thing led to another. And pretty soon, you know, we had, uh, you know, a problem on our hands and we ended up not getting a military shipment. So, oh, so we had a, we did not get a military shipment that we would have gotten. Is that what you said? You know, uh, I don't know exactly why it, it, it might have fallen through the cracks. It was never a for sure thing at any point, and then we ended up not getting one. So, you know, I think that it's important for JBLM to have alternatives to Tacoma, and right. I think they wanted to simply have a practice a practice uh, shipment through the port just so, to so work th- out the logistics. So you think there's a lot of, of uh, anger at about military shipments? Or is it just downtown Olympia? Oh, I, I don't think that it's a. I don't think it's a white port. That's right, and uh, and I don't think it's a majority of the folks. No, you should change your name. The port's name. Yeah, because people think you're a city. You're a city thing, port of Olympia. Yeah, it's right. Like people don't realize that you're a countywide thing. Right. And so, anytime any Olympia does anything that's stupid, they think part of it's the port's fault. Uh. Well, that's a good. I'm point. My own that's a good opinion. point. I'm gonna keep my keep my opinion out here. In the and, and yeah, that's a good point. And and we've talked about things of that nature. Um, and and that's you know to- at the right timing, I think we should have that discussion again because on the one hand, we've got the port as a whole, which is not just a deep water port, right. marine terminal, but it's also a recreational the, marina. It's an airport. The Olympia Tumwater Airport, right? <laughs> the Olympia Tumwater. Yeah, airport. At the, at the, I mean, I'll go on record saying. The Port of Olympia Airport is really misnamed, yeah, because it's sitting inside city the of city Tumwater. of Tumwater. So, well, maybe you should you know start. Ma- maybe we should start there. Thinking about you know changing the name to Olympia Tumwater Airport, like yeah, SeaTac or something could be. So, and you said your biggest one of your biggest frustrations was your lack of 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 uh, not knowledge, but. Understanding of how deep the, the the anger was to military shipments. Anything? Any other uh, thing that you know your frustration? I think that I think you probably, if you followed the press, you know that I suggested we we the port commissioners hire a consultant to learn how to uh, relate to each other better and 
better at reaching consensus and so forth. So you can probably infer from that that the second <laughs> half of 2016 was, you know, a little rough on, you know, some or all of the commissioners. And so we'd like to solve that problem. So we have retained a consultant and we're working on that. And I think that that's, you know, I'm very supportive of that process. And I think that's going to have big dividends for the three of us working together. You and, oh, can I say one more thing? Sure, absolutely. Say anything you the want. other thing is, and, and, you know, if I could wave my magic wand and change anything, I would say it's very tough to, when you have a three-commission board, to change two of the commissioners in the same year because that's a majority that's, of the commission. That's exactly what happens. And, you and, and that's what we happened. Uh, Zeta and Downing came in at the same time, brand right. new. And, you know, there was a lot of us to learn, and we learned things in different ways. For example... You know, she went to, Commissioner Zita went to a Washington Public Port seminar two weeks after she got elected. I, on the other hand, had a business commitment. I was out of town that week. And for the next six months, I heard Commissioner Zita type, well, the WPPA says this. Well, the WPPA. <laughs> you would have canceled really? your business meeting and gone, yeah. right? So I said, really? So anyway, um, you know, we didn't even get the same instruction, if you will. So there has been a lot of conflict on the port. Not a two-to-one vote on is that good or bad for democracy? Is that good or bad for the port? Um, and this is what I tell people. Uh, getting elected port commissioner doesn't mean you get to be port commissioner with your favorite people. <laughs> okay. So, therefore, right. you know, number one is getting elected. Number two is learning how to work with the other two port commissioners. And I always prefer a 3-0 vote. I sure. prefer it. Um, but I'll settle for a two-to-one vote. As long as it goes your way. As long as I'm part of the two. Right. <laughs> anyway, no, I'm, I'm being too silly. No, 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 I, anyway, I know what you're talking about. You know where I'm going from, I, do, I mean, I know you know, exactly in a, in a perfect world. But, uh, but people come to the commission with different agendas, different life experience, and different, you know, out, different uh, goals for the poor. Sure. I mean, they have to be different. And so, um, so then they approach problems differently from a different angle. And so you just have to kind of work within those different contexts and see where the common ground is. Have you noticed how different this, the county is by depending on what district you live in? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I really I really. It'd did. be a lot easier to be in Lacey, wouldn't it? Well, well for me? For the port. Oh, I see. Uh, would it be easier to be in Lacey? Um, you know, I would say that if, if there was waterfront in Lacey, you know, we'd be, we'd be better received. Um, but that's that. Don't want to take anything or, away or from. Don't want to take anything away from City of Olympia. Yeah, it's yeah. a great town, and uh, it's got great leadership. And so, you know, I always look forward to, you know, partnering with the city on things we can do together, and also understanding, you know, where the populace of Olympia is coming from, as well as the other parts of the county. Well, you know, there's a movement afoot to close the marine terminal, and I've made no bones about it. I think the marine terminal needs to needs to pay for itself or be closed. Uh, I'm assuming that you don't believe that. Or yeah. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what is it you what is it you think about the marine terminal? Well right. I do think that there's a, a small group of folks who, you know, are committed to seeing the end of the marine terminal in their lifetime. Uh, 
and I'm not one of those people. I, know um, I do believe that the marine terminal, uh, it's important to have a marine terminal. It's something that Why? they're not making anymore. So if you ever gave it up, you'd never have it I because gotcha. it connects us to the world, number one. It broadens our life experience just to even have uh, a marine terminal and see the different types of cargoes coming and going. Um, also, in terms of emergency access to the outside world, if anything ever happened to I-5, which very well could happen, you know, we'd be cut off. All of a sudden, we're getting emergency supplies through the port from points north, wherever that might be. Yeah, the Nisqually River Bridges fell. You'd have no... Yeah, exactly. Nothing. Um, yeah. And also, you know, as far as they say, oh, is the port making money? Is it not making money? You know, we're living within our tax levy. I mean, why do 72 out of 75 ports have a tax levy? Answer, because they do a lot of things for the public, provide a public good, and they tax for that reason. So the port taxes for that very reason, whether it be, you know, environmental, whether it be providing public services such as, uh, you know, a marina that's really the finest marina in town and, you know, low launch rates or low this rate or that rate. So it provides a lot of public so, services. And net-net, we live within that tax Yeah, level. but that had nothing to do with the Marine Terminal, the fact that, well, you know, I mean, yeah, you I mean, that's, the Marine Terminal supports, supports that? No, your, I'm saying that, you know, as an overall package, I mean, people want to look at the Marine Terminal by itself versus Swantown or versus the airport or versus the real estate, and they say, oh, you're better off getting you know, getting rid of the marine terminal. I mean, I do agree there's a lot more overhead with the marine terminal than some of the other businesses, but I still maintain, you know, that it's worthwhile and it, it's, uh, you know, our goal is to make it even more, you know. So I was going to ask you about that. So aren't you going to have to do some dredging pretty soon? Um, right now, the, uh, the, the the right along the berth, right. you know, is deep it's, enough for the berth. deep berths. enough right there. And uh, I think we had a dredge only, you know, three or four years ago. So, no, the answer is no. I mean, people talk about, oh, there's this big dredge that's needed, and, and they get confused between the marine terminal area and the area underneath Swantown, which has some legacy toxins in right. there. And so the, the port legacy is working toxins. with ecology to figure out what needs to be cleaned up, when it needs to be cleaned up, how much needs to be cleaned up, and who's responsible for that cleanup. Because, um, you know, there are various businesses in the last hundred years that were located along there. And also, not only that, people talk about Moxley Creek. Well, I think there's a lot of bad stuff coming out of Moxley Creek. Yeah. And, and right. so where is this? So there's more study needed. But ultimately, someday, it could cost quite a bit to clean up that, uh, that muck underneath the uh, Swantown Marina area, and East Bay in general. So if you can't have military shipments out of there, and every time you do environmental stuff, you get, you get dinged, what can you ship out of the port? Well. Logs? I mean, is, that okay. all, is that all you got? <laughs> I mean, you know. Logs is obviously our biggest business. Yeah. You know, we're hoping to get back into the windmill blades. We're starting to build up the imported organic corn business, which really? is pretty fascinating. Yes, we've had uh, either two or three shipments in the last 12 months of organic corn clear from Turkey. So is that going to be protested by somebody? And so far, everybody's cool with it. Um, <laughs> it's not GMO you know, or anything. It's and organic. it's just, it's, we have to go that. Apparently, it's cost-effective to get organic corn from almost halfway around the Isn't world and bring it over to us. And then it goes out by truck to various farms where they then feed their cattle. And they can say the cattle is organic, organic uh, organically grown. You get it from Turkey. Yeah. 
So just think about how far away that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the way through the Mediterranean, all the way down through the Panama Canal, all the way up the coast, and so on and so forth. Um, so there's, that's a good cargo. Yeah, we do need um, one of my platforms was diversify cargo and, you know, diversify, diversify. That's what we're trying to do. Uh, unfortunately, the, the logs do take up a lot of space, but it is good cargo. And, um, you know, you can look at logs two different ways. I consider it a sustainable cargo because uh, logs grow well in the northwest. Every time they cut down an acre of trees, they replant the trees and <clears throat> 30 or 40 years later, they can harvest those trees again. All the logs come from private land. It's against the law to ship federal logs out of the country. Yeah. And, uh, and probably the, one of the reasons why we ship whole logs is because um, these other countries are on metric system and their tooling is different. And we, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. The United yeah. States yeah, is stuck exactly. with two-by-fours. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not yeah. sure what the equivalent term in Japan is for your standard two-by-four-by-eight. I'd like to know what that is. I could just multiply by 3.8 and <laughs> drop the last, lot, last yeah, exactly. layer. Yeah, So, um. Let's talk for a minute about about the commercial potential for for the land down there. We're still, have you? Is it still in the works that you're looking at at uh, somebody has taken a, an option on on, the, on your property that by East Bay? Oh right, right. To to look at redevelopment of that. Where are we with that? Uh, that's moving forward. That was another uh, three zero vote. So happy, so proud of my other commissioners for. Uh, joining me on that vote and we have our company in town uh, Walker John mm -hmm. development company and they've done a couple of buildings downtown so yep. so we're uh, increasing the density in the downtown area uh, with uh, some of those buildings and it is just as you're coming into town on 4th Avenue as you pass the Shell Station and go down the hill a little bit um, there's a big open area and we call it parcels two and three and and that land the reason why it has a fence around it is because the land is, oh, they call it a brownfield. A brownfield means the dirt is dirty. The dirt has pollutants in oh, it. Oh, okay. And so the port is going to invest. I mean, talk about tax dollars. It'll be over a million dollars to take that dirt, take it out of there, all the bad dirt, put in back good dirt, and then let Walker John build a building on Oh, roughly speaking, about a quarter of that or a third of that property. So is he, is he looking at building it himself? Yes. So he's, and, and what kind of a building is it? Well, it's a, uh, I believe it's a three-story building, and it's U-shaped, with the bottom of the U would be along 4th Avenue, and we'd have uh, three or four retail shops on the first floor, and then there'd be 87, I believe, uh, apartment units. So it's a housing, it's a retail, I mean, it's a housing. Right. Residential retail. Just, what happened to the idea of a hotel? Um, I think the hotel idea came and went, and uh, maybe the land wasn't diff uh, big enough or, or the market well, the wasn't Well, the hotel people enough. at the time said that the area wasn't conducive to a hotel, but you wanted to put it. In yeah. other words, there are too many homeless people running around. Well. My, yeah, inter my, my I mean, interpretation. Well, that's a... Uh, you know, I'm sorry I don't have a more uh, intelligent That's answer right. to that question, but basically Walker John came to us, you know, we advertised what land we have available. He came to us with a proposal that seemed to work both for the city so and for the So where is that proposal? I mean, that's a proposal he's got. Right. Well, it's, it's so close that we've seen a, a rough sketch of the building, but the rough sketch won't go to architectural drawings until they got the commitment from the port, which they got just a few weeks ago. 
And and so now we're going to see architectural drawings, and it'll go through the permit process. So, so it'll take port, about six so months. So the, the port has agreed to clean up that property. Right. And, and that's going to cost of about a million dollars. Right. And once that gets done... Then he's then he's going to go ahead with this project, or where are you? I'm, right, and then I'm he has. Have you signed some kind of a contract with him? Well, no. That? At the end of the, uh, once he's a little bit further along in his planning, then we'll commit to cleaning up the property. So the property has to be cleaned up first. So I'm, my right. understanding is that's going to happen no matter what. Okay. And then and then we get that property cleaned up, the dirt cleaned up. We take the fences down, and then he'll start building on uh, the uh, southwest corner of that those parcels. So uh, you've been on a year. You got what three more years left? Yes. And now you're looking forward to those three years, Joe. Um, well, I really do think that there's quite a bit of learning that went on in the first year. And on both you and Zeta's part. You know, I can only speak for myself, right, but right. I think for Zeta sure. too. Yeah. And a learning and getting the hang of it. I, I'm guessing that this was her first time as an elected official. I, I believe it is too. Yeah. And so, so I think we had a lot to learn. But, uh, you know, she's a very smart person, um, you know, and, and you know, I respect her, her feelings about, you know, the issues that she cares about and so forth. And so I think we're both learned a fair amount. And I think the, uh, you know, remaining, you know, years that we have together on the commission, those two, McGregor and Zeta, are up for re-election this year. But assuming they both win, then well, we'll the, march oh, forward. Zeta, Zeta's up again this year, too? Yes. Is she filling out an expired term? Right, because she's filling out an expired term. So um, when are you going to start your uh, your uh, touchy feely sessions? <laughs> oh, I think I do have uh, uh, what do you call it? the commissioner chats or yeah whatever, oh. whatever you call them. You, yeah, you guys are going to bring somebody in to help you communicate. Oh, with. those those those. Okay, well, that's coinc- what I'm talking about. Oh, okay, good. Well, uh, that's that process has already started. I think we're going to have you know individual interviews. Uh, with the consultant, and, and the consultant's going to be kind of in a learning mode, and then we're going to come together in somewhat of a retreat and, uh, you know, look at those things and talk to each other and really compare, you know, I think goals for the port, you know, goals. What do we want to see the port going and so forth? And what are my uh, preconceived notions about the port? Because, you know, we're building building trust so we can, you know, work effectively together, and in order to do that, we you know, people need to know where the other people are coming from. This is right off the top of my head, but do you think that the Port Commission ought to expand to five members? I personally would like to see five members. Um, I believe that it's because limited three, by... you can't even talk to each other. I think it's limited by the population of Thurston County. And um, I think that, uh, yeah. You think so, so? I think there's potential for it to go to five members, but I think we need to see some more Well, because the county growth. commissioners can go to five members anytime. anytime really? They, yes. Really? With the county charter, Yes. Yeah, but I mean, there is a, a threshold, 250,000 or 300,000, yeah. something right. like that, where the county becomes a different kind of a county and it has more, more options. But, right, and, and but I mean, and, there, and I learned recently that uh, Port of Vancouver, you think of that as a much bigger port, they only have three commissioners. Yeah, and I think most, I think a lot of them do. It, yeah. But it's urban ones like Seattle and Tacoma and those people yeah. that have, have yeah. the large. So, but I, I, I do think that that would be beneficial, Ken. Because that would just like smooth things out. And and one, one final question is, uh, uh, your uh, director Ed Galligan was a finalist for another port job and he didn't take it. So, what does that tell you about about your port director? That he was that he was well liked and respected. Everybody wanted him, uh, or that he's thinking about leaving. Uh, 
Ed and I talk pretty regularly. I want you to know that I have a high degree of respect for Ed and the job that he's doing at the port. And so I'm happy to see him continue on with us. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's led the port in that capacity for about 11 years. Been there a long time. And so, um, you know, I think a lot of good things have happened. So, you know, I want to continue working with Ed. Um, I support Ed. And I'm not, you know, I mean, I'll just, it is what it is. I mean, he did apply for that job at Port of Vancouver. And, and maybe it was just, you know, I, I uh, never uh, begrudge anybody from trying to get ahead in their life uh, in whatever way. So. Well, that was a good political answer that you gave there. Appreciate it. We're almost out of time. Got anything you want to say specifically? Um, I probably, uh, you know, always like to thank people for, uh, you know, voting for me, even though it was over a year ago. I appreciate the counties, the people that put their trust in me. So I don't take that for granted. And so I'm so thankful to the folks for, uh, you know, electing me. I enjoy the job and I just want to see the port be all it can be. Uh, get good things done for the community in the area, economic development, um, and responsible, you know, actions, whatever they might be. So thank you. My guest has been Joe Dunning, Olympia Port Commissioners. We'll have Joe back after the next port election, and we'll have, let him talk about uh, what he sees ahead with the new port commissioners. Joe, thank you very much. Thanks, Ken. Great to be here. Thank you again. Me and the job me. Yeah. Buck up, buck up, buck up.